but it's ultimately uh, Paul praying or, or interceding for the church. And he says, I, I am on my knees and I want the Lord to grant this prayer. I, I want him to answer this prayer for your sake. And so today's message is called A Prayer for the People. It is something that I would want uh, for all of you and that each individual in this church should want for each other. We're going to read about this prayer, this intercession. But let's think about that idea. If you could give someone something, anything, if you had a hundred million dollars <laughs> or if you had all the ability available to you to give someone something, we could think of, I could think off the top of my head, a hundred things that I could want to give other people, right? want to buy my mom a house and pay off all my family, everyone's debt and take them all on a massive vacation. <laughs> um, I would want them to be happy. I would want their good things for them. <laughs> but I think like so many things, we, we come to a bit of a crossroad when in human wisdom, we would want someone to be happy. We would want this thing for them. <laughs> and then godly wisdom comes along and says, well, that's okay, but in the bigger picture, this is what you need. So let's summarize where we've come so far. Chapter 1, salvation in Christ. He talked to the Gentiles, you uh, have salvation in Christ. Then unity in Christ, bringing the Gentiles and the Jews together under one banner, uh, unity in Christ. And then last week, or the, the last time we looked at Ephesians, it was um, our purpose we come together, we strengthen, we grow as a church so that we can fulfill our purpose. Today, it would be Paul prays that they be equipped in Christ to do what they have set out to do as a church. Would we pray, would we want for those that we love to avoid the challenge that might lie before them? Or would we want them to be equipped to weather the challenge and come out the other side stronger and better for it? In our own human wisdom, we would not be able to 
make that call. <laughs> but, um, but this is the kind of thinking that, uh, that Paul applies here. So let's read together from verse 14 and see what Paul prays for this church. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints that is the width and length and breadth and height. To know the love of Christ, Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And then he says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever. Amen. <clears throat> Lord, help us to see the magnitude and, and the, the scale, the riches of your glory, which, which is repeated over and over in Ephesians which forms such a central part of your purpose within the church. Help us to apply it. Help us to understand it and know it. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> Sorry. Okay. So the first thing is to be to be saved. <laughs> to be saved, he says... So we looked at the purpose, and then he says, for this reason, for this purpose, I bow my knee to the Father. I pray to our holy and great God, from whom all the family of heaven and earth is named, that he ascribes to us, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, not, not the bare minimum, not uh, a trickle, but abundantly and exceedingly for his glory to be strengthened. This is the first thing. <clears throat> this is what he's praying uh, for them, to be strengthened um, with might through his spirit in the inner man. 
that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. <clears throat> These two ideas seem to land uh, parallel to each other. Um, he says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That's salvation. That is salvation. <laughs> he prays that among you and from you and uh, through you, other people may find salvation and that uh, the body, the church, uh, may grow and be uh, sealed for the hope of eternity. Here's, a, here's another verse that speaks of um, that same idea. Um, to them, God filled, willed to make known what are the riches of his glory, of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So that's in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. And then, uh, in parallel with that, he says, I pray that just as uh, we pray that uh, men and women might come to salvation and uh, understand uh, Jesus as our Savior and that he died for us on the cross for our sins and he rose again on the third day. Just as we pray for that, I also pray that in this purpose uh, that you are strengthened with might. It says, through his spirit in the inner man. What, what forms this inner man if we are beings made up of the physical and the, uh, the invisible, the unseen? We are both body and spirit. <clears throat> We're talking about our emotions. We're talking about our intellect. And we're talking about our will. In our purpose as a church, um, without the Spirit in us, we succumb so easily to uh, the external. Uh, that it influences us, um, it, it uh, discourages us, it um, even sometimes embitters us. And we form uh, grudges. If we are weak in the inner man, <clears throat> doing ministry is, is soul-crushing. <laughs> Because we love each other. We should love each other. We should, we should care for each other as a family. And I do. I love you all. And when I hear of your struggles and when I hear of um, your challenges, and 
worst of all, when I hear of um, people within the church turning away from the fellowship of the saints or turning away from reproof, it hurts. It breaks my heart. So I ask God for resolve. Help me emotionally, strengthen me in the inner man that I, may, um, that I may continue and that I may be patient and that I may be able to look past um, any emotion that might influence uh, the love that uh, we show each other. <clears throat> Our intellect that he strengthens us in the inner man in that regard. <clears throat> um, our understanding in script of Scripture would be the most obvious example of that. And the more we know about our God and the more connections we make and the more we grow in the Word, um, it's, we read in chapter 1, right, he prays, uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, he prays that you may be illuminated, that the Spirit may um, open your eyes to understanding. We can't do anything um, just by waddling around in the dark. We have to know what is expected of us and uh, what the church is and how we interact with each other as the body and our purpose um, in order to, uh, to be effective. And we ask, Lord, show us uh, as we sit down and read. Um, give us opportunity to, uh, to know you more, not in, in some mystical sense, but in a real sense. And He's going to get to that uh, more. And in the will that <clears throat> previously our will was for our own flesh and for our, our own good and um, uh, as judges say, every man did what was right in his own eyes and society collapsed and sin prevailed. <laughs> that Lord... Strengthen me in my spirit that I might align my will to yours. That I might want to do what pleases you. That uh, my values and what is important to me become what you value and what is important to you. From that... From these two ideas, uh, he continues uh, to elaborate on what he's asking the Lord to grant this church. He says, so that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend, to understand with all the saints what is the width and the length, and the depth, and the height. Now, it's interesting that the sentence sort of ends there. 
the height and the width and the depth of what? <laughs> the next verse says, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. <laughs> to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Do you notice that there's a bit of a contradiction in that sentence? Okay, so we are saved. We have Christ um, that dwells in our hearts now. We, we have been, um, as we've read in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, we are now a part of this family and we're all uh, gathering together and we're uh, doing this mission, uh, the purpose of the church to glorify God on earth, um, and we are being strengthened. Um, and then he says, um, the reason why all of this uh, needs to happen is so that you that are rooted and grounded in love may be able to understand something, the, the, the width of something, the height of something, the, the breadth of something, to, to measure it. You know, we can understand the width and the height and the breadth of a box or a, you know, an object, through, through science, we can start to understand uh, the width and the, and the diameter of our planet. Um, and we've started to speculate on the size of the universe and figured that um, it's, as far as we can tell, infinite. We don't know. We can't measure that. Infinity there's like six different kinds of infinity. You know, uh, the, the, the idea of something that, that doesn't end, it, it boggles our mind. It's something that we cannot, we, we just cannot comprehend. Something that doesn't have dimension. So how can we understand it? to know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge. The idea there is not <clears throat> as in a textbook and we read the textbook and we know the context of the textbook and we're able to write a test about it. The idea there is that we may be confronted, we may see opportunity and we may see glimpses, and we may see um, uh, and experience the love of Christ, which we cannot know. <laughs> that you may be able to understand this thing that you cannot understand. There are illustrations and things that the Word of God tries to describe the God, uh, God's love. And it says that God is love. 
We know God is uh, everlasting, infinite. He doesn't have a beginning or an end. And if he is love, then, then that is also something that doesn't have a beginning or an end. But it says, through the strengthening of the Spirit, we may begin we may begin to see love for what it truly is. Not in the comprehension of it, but in the experience of it. That we may see our idea of love was flawed and fickle and conditional and um, and twisted and tainted. <laughs> but for the first time, we can see what love really needs to look like. That you may be filled with the fullness of God. So we're reading about the church, <laughs> and with every chapter I've tried to emphasize and I've tried to link back to the idea that we are not a gym membership, we're not um, uh, a social club, we are believers that have joined together in a life-saving, world-changing mission. What we do here with our time and with the knowledge that we know from the Bible and with the encouragement that we receive from one another, we go out in the hope of saving lives, of adding souls um, to the glory of this hope which Colossians talks about, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. <coughs> it's, not, it's not something we should treat lightly and take lightly. When we think about going out there with this simple message and saying, <laughs> we have been strengthened and we have been equipped and we have been unified and we have been um, filled with the fullness of God for this purpose. What is stopping us from making waves from here until, you know, countrywide. It feels like churches with 100 times more resources and people than, than we have is putting trickles into a pond. It's not about the numbers. It's not about the resources. It's about knowing, knowing. The love of Christ. 
This love that has saved you from your sins. This love that compels us to uh, be unified no matter what background we come from, no matter what uh, we were before in Christ Jesus. This love motivates us. We are strengthened in the Spirit. We really do have a job to do. And it would be discouraging <coughs> if we only sit here on a Sunday and sort of listen and then leave and then come back next Sunday. It would be discouraging uh, to, to see the challenges we go through. It would be discouraging in your own life. It would be scary to share. <laughs> but if we, if, we, if we commit We are here for a great and glorious purpose. And we need not be afraid. We need not feel ill-equipped. We have been strengthened with might. I'm sorry I keep tying it back to uh, the previous points, but I want you to see how it culminates this is the prayer that he poses for that church. And this is the prayer that I want us to pray for this church. Lord, help us to know. The love which passes, surpasses knowledge that we see it, that we reflect it, that we experience it, that, we, um, that it's something that we apply. And that's how we know it. <clears throat> Ephesians has been very good for me. Um, it's helped me Keep focus. It's helped me um, to continue to be encouraged when I look at you all individually, when I see the growth, when I see the love you have for each other. My hope with this series is that you may see it also. With Louis... Um, Departing, him and I had a single concern. My concern wasn't that uh, we would lack strength in our leadership. My concern wasn't that we would lack uh, volunteers to lead the singing. My concern wasn't that we uh, were losing a, a, a theologically uh, adapt person that could teach 9am, my concern was that you will lose heart.
I want you to see when you look at yourselves and when you look at the people next to you that this church has done amazing things. And we will continue to do that. We will continue to be effective. We will continue to glorify God. Be encouraged because I am. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray now for our church. I specifically, Lord, did not do our intercessory prayer this morning because of the contents of this message. It being a prayer of intercession itself, I want to intercede now. Lord, help us to be strengthened. Help us to be strengthened in our emotions, in our will, in our intellect, that we may be able to comprehend the greatness of your love moment to moment, day by day, grace by grace. I thank you for this wonderful church, which is the people that are sitting here before me. Lord, you know I love them. May they continue to grow. May they continue to be reflections of your love. And Lord, we thank you for what we have here now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand for our final uh, hymn, and then you may be excused.